This episode of The Cutting Room is sponsored by Grass Valley's Edia 6. Check out the new Edia 6 at www.grassvalley.com. This episode is also brought to you by Black Magic Design. The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve 8 from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layer timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve 8 is available from $995. Current users can download the update for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagic-design.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. This is part three of my interview with Jeff Bartz. So we're going to have some uh, information about the upcoming Boston stuff. We have some information about Movember. Yes. And our live cast, which are coming up. When? So, okay. Wait, that's later. We've yeah. got to talk about it later. Got it. So in the meantime, enjoy my interview with Jeff Bartz. Now, in The Art of uh, Documentary, you also talk about MTV's influence on yeah. editing. Yeah. Um, but to expand on that, what kind of influence do you see the internet now having on film editing, in particular docs? Probably, yeah. Because, I mean, people just... First of all, uh, back then, if you were a film editor, like I was 20 years old before I even knew that film editing existed. Now the kids, you know, they they grow up with Final Cut or iMovie or whatever on their computers, and they just, I mean, my daughter knows all about editing, and uh, she knew about it when she was eight. She did it, you know. You're just doing it, you know. You're not, it's not something hidden or something you discover later in life, or it's certainly not something that was limited to a certain number of insane people who would actually have the patience um, to handle film. I mean, it was a big deal handling film, uh, keeping track of everything, you know, keeping track of a frame of film that you cut out. You have to write down the numbers of, on, the, on a piece of tape and attach it to the frame and put it in a book. And if you wanted it back, you have to find the numbers and stick it back on it. So I, I can't even imagine how we did it now. It seems insane. At the time, you didn't think about it. But that, re that really limited the, the realm of editing to a very select few anal, insane people <laughs> who had storytelling ability. Now it's wide open. Anybody can cut who's got uh, anybody. I shouldn't say anybody. Anybody can cut. Not everybody can edit, but everybody can cut uh, who's got access to... Uh, a computer, so that's that's huge, and it also back then, if you know, it was kind of a big decision to make a cut. You know, uh, if you made a cut and you didn't like it, and you, you, it took a while to restore it. Now you punch a button and it's restored. You know, you, you, so the the whole thing is so much more fluid and so much more more playful. You can play with things in a way you couldn't really play with it. In the olden days, or you, you play with it with a lot more. It was a lot more difficult to screw around with stuff. So I think that's had a huge influence. And YouTube is just a, another example of of people being able to share wacky things that they may discover. You know, and all all that's going to get absorbed in the, into the mainstream of editing. Yeah, for sure. 
Now, when you were cutting pumping iron, did you rely at all on the book or for structure or anything? No, the book, the book uh, we didn't pay any attention to the book. <laughs> Use some of the photographs, but that was it. The documentary has to end, but the life necessarily doesn't. So how do you go about determining what makes for a good ending, even though the person's life's going to continue or the story's going to continue? It's got to feel right, meaning it's got to feel true to the story and the characters who are in the film. I thought the ending of Pumping Iron was terrific, I gotta say. It took us a while to figure it out, but um, it ends with the scene of them leaving the bodybuilding competition. It, that scene actually happened as they were coming, but we cheated a little bit. And we put it at the end, where Louie and Arnold start joshling, joshing with each other in the back of the bus about who's bigger. And we thought, this is the great ending, because after all of that, and all the craziness that went into the competition, they were still at it on the bus, you know. So it had that sense of, you know, this is going to go on. I felt that it was very important that this, the film end with the mother seeing that beam that she had helped to create in place in the barn, because that at least gave some sense of closure to her story and some hopefulness. Uh, for her life, you know. Now you mentioned uh, having to cheat, and there's always this argument about uh, realism within documentaries. Where do you draw the line for moving footage around or manipulating the story a bit to get entertainment across? Well, I would never do anything that would that would do any harm to anybody by false manipulation. But in terms of a story, See, story sort of exists in my head outside the realm of, of facts, you know. There's the things that happen to us every day. You know, we get up, we put our clothes on, we brush our teeth, shower, go to the bathroom, eat, all that kind of stuff. And then things happen to us, and then we go to sleep, and then more of the same. And so that's kind of life, and that's reality, and that's facts. Then there's a story, which is what is the meaning of all this? What is the significance to us? Of, of our lives. And sometimes in order to bring that out, you gotta manipulate things, you know, you've gotta change things around from that quotidian reality. I always hope it's in the interest of this greater understanding of human humanity. So you, you take, because you are the supervising editor for HBO documentaries, how do you go about taking someone else's cut or a director's film and then restructure it, but make sure that they're involved and feel that it's going in the right direction? Because you are essentially taking their original project. And yeah, the films that I'm asked to work on that are already done, but we're going to make another pass at it, most of the time, and that's like every time except one, the directors are on board with it. They, they, want it, they realize that there's something missing and they're, they're eager to make the film better. So that hasn't been a, that has not been a problem for me. Since I can't screen all the dailies, I don't have time to screen all the dailies and go through the whole thing that I described earlier. We'll sometimes just concentrate on a part of the film that can be enhanced. You know, most of the time, the film is 80% great, but there's like 20% that's not clear, or when you look at the dailies, you realize, oh, you could, there's so much more you could do with that moment. And it's very different from film to film. Some of them I, I start completely all over again, and others just a little bit. When you cut Lenny Bruce Swear to Tell the Truth, comedians have a very specific timing to their deliveries, to their 
jokes to everything. Yeah. How did this affect your pacing and how you cut scenes? Because when he would deliver, you'd have a very specific pacing to it. Well, I, I'm sure it did, although I don't think I was really aware of it. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. The timing of the, of the comedian is going to influence, especially if you're making a montage of his jokes or his routines, how you're going to put that together. But I don't remember anything specifically about the timing of his jokes and the editing. How did you add a new twist to this doc or a new element to the story so that people who knew Lenny Bruce and his, his story would still enjoy it, but people who didn't know him would understand it. Well, that was the problem. That was the problem with the, with the original cut, is that if you knew Lenny Bruce, you might get something out of it, but if you didn't know who he was, you, you'd have a lot of trouble uh, following it and a lot of trouble understanding why you should even care about it, you know. So one of the key things, one of the first things I did was to take a bunch of footage and create a new opening for, the, for it that really said something about the kind of performances he did, but also uh, had uh, some interviews with people like, I think, Nat Hentoff and others who talked about who he was and what he meant to the whole comic tradition. I mean, he was like the, the seminal figure for modern comedy. And it was one of the reasons why HBO picked, him up, picked up the film, because you know, HBO is, is known for its four-letter words, and uh, he was the guy that pioneered the whole thing you know, in entertainment also wanted to give a sense that his life ended tragically and I asked Bob let's see if we can find some shots of I mean there, there wasn't very much footage from that night but some shots of sirens going around or something just to suggest that he was going to meet a bad end so that people had once again something to to hold on to what happened to him. how did he end up like that uh, how do you take a, a documentary that's talking heads and create something interesting out of it because a lot of films struggle with this. I cut a lot of historical films for the American experience, which is really talking head driven. But you know, there's also a lot of rich historical footage in between. I mean, I'm not crazy about cutting talking head films. They're, they are di difficult, they're always m much more difficult than they look like they're going to be <laughs> because you have to really help shape what the person says. And you're usually shaping that underneath historical footage and doing all sorts of things to perk it up. I mean, talking heads can be great if people are saying something. I, I, I did cut one that was had a lot of talking heads called uh, The Wyaths, A Father and His Family, which I don't know whether you can even see it anymore, but it's, it's one of the best films I've worked on. These were the children of N.C. Wyeth, who was a famous illustrator. Andrew Wyeth was his, is the most famous of his children, the, pa the painter. But he had four others who were fascinating people. And what they had to say about life and about their relationship to their father and about family relationships and all this was fantastic. And it was, it's, a, it's a terrific film. I mean, it's paced with paintings and stuff like that, but it's basically just people talking. But these are people who are really smart and incredibly emotional and very candid about life. And their father ends up in this incredibly tragic, tragic death where he takes not only his own life, but the life of his grandson as well. And it's just, it's, it's like this incredible thing at the end where all of them have to come to grips with what their father had done. What, the, what these people are saying is so interesting, I think. You know, it shows you that talking heads in and of themselves can be dynamite. Mm -hmm. Now I have one question I like to ask all the editors, and that's, uh, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? 
<laughs> it used to be a hard day's night. Not that that's really a guilty pleasure. That's a great movie. So that was my interview with Jeff Bartz, Lauren. Excellent. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Yep. We have a four-word film review winner who was shocked when he got it. He Why? Said, uh, well, he emailed me. He said, I can't believe no one's gotten this. Good for him. Do it with a lot of pizzazz and overconfidence. We have Camp Coolshove. Mmm. Which... That sounds fun. It, it's... You know what? It, when we get to it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, we have our Boston information and our Movember stuff. Yes, let's, let's start do this. the Boston stuff. Yeah. We have some bad news. We're not making it to Boston. I know. It's logistics, but... Gord's a little busy these days. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even believe it if you uh, tried to put together a schedule that was consistent with what he's doing these days. It's yes, but silly. we do have, well, speaking of the schedule, I uh, sent in the article for Movie Maker. I'm not too sure when it's coming out, but it will be in one of their upcoming magazines. And can you say what the topic is? Yeah, it's the up and coming editors and assistant editors. Cool. And have maybe some of our listeners will be on that list. Do yes. you think maybe? Uh, yes, actually, I think there's two. No, maybe right, three. Right on, guillotine heads. Then we have an article coming out on Focal Press's website about 3D editing. Cool. Also, which, you wrote that as well, yes, right? Yes, I wrote, I wrote that. Mm-hmm. Which was funny because I sent it to Nina. Yes. Nina's EDL. She loved it. And I sent it to a couple of the guys I interviewed and they said, this is very in-depth. It's good. So that it's almost like a 3D article. Yes, so yes, but I think it's also very long. It is long. I had to read it. It was well over 3,000 words. But it's interesting. And speaking of Nina, while we're on the topic, she now is doing a vlog, which I yes, just saw today. Our e- her EDL is now a, a vlog. And you can go to YouTube. So youtube.com slash, and this one's kind of weird because we couldn't get our usual art guillotine. Yeah. For whatever reason, they wouldn't give it to us. Let's hear it. YouTube.com slash AOTG.com. Now, dot is spelt out. So okay. It's AOTG dot com. Got it. And you can go there, and we're setting it up so that we start uploading much more videos there. Cool. So Who knows who you'll see over there? Who knows? And I guess talking about that, we are doing a live event at the end of this month that will be streamed live. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been pushing with all the events that we're involved with is to do it live over the internet so people around the world can interact. So right. if you're, you can't make it to New York or you can't make it to Toronto, you can still log in and tweet about it and ask questions of the editors, things like that. Because like Peppo should be able to join us. Exactly. You know, we yeah, can't... We haven't heard from Peppo in a while. Peppo. He's on our Facebook. What's happened? Anyways. For God's sakes. <laughs> so we are doing one with the Canadian cinema editors if we can get permission from Deluxe. Right. Uh, we're just waiting approval from Deluxe, and that panel is going to be all about editors and sound editors and how they work together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have... This will be in Toronto. In Toronto. If Deluxe gives us permission, we're, we've sent the permission request out, and if they give us permission, then it's 100% go. Mm-hmm. One thing to note, in that one, we're just testing, because we're testing the equipment out. For the have. live streaming. Mm-hmm. So for that one, it'll only be a single camera wide shot, but you can still tweet in and ask questions, you know, that you can watch it and actually interact with us a bit. That'd be cool. And then the other one, which will hopefully be a three camera setup, will be a exclusive Halloween special edition cutting room podcast that'll be live that you can watch. And the reason I connected this with YouTube is because we've set it up so that after, as soon as it's done streaming, 
live. It can be loaded onto YouTube? It automatically loads up to YouTube. Cool. So if you miss it, then it's already on our YouTube stream. Go technology. It's, yeah. Um, so who's going to be on the podcast and what's... The Halloween one? Yeah. Right now, I have a partial confirmation, so I can't say oh, who okay. it is. He said yes, and then he said send me the dates, and I've sent him the dates, but he hasn't gotten back to me. So actually, I'll probably email him after this talk. Okay, and um, is it like horror movie? It's a, I would say a legendary horror movie. Cool. I'm liking this. Yes. You know how I like my horror movies. Yes. Lauren does much better with horror movies than I do. I love me some horror movies. Um, I can't get through the Saw movies. Yeah. That's sad. Gord, jeez. <laughs> I'm obviously really de desensitized <laughs> to the point of a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. No. So, I don't know what it is. No, they are kind of freaky, but particularly in a theater context. I think I would be fine in a home context. Yeah. Anyways. Let's not go, let's not yeah. delve too deep into that. Yeah. So we can't make the Boston thing, but we are doing these live events and hoping... We will go to Boston someday. I can see it. But you know what my I'm... My mom and my sister are there right now. Yes. So it's but you know what? You know close. what I'm really hoping to do is, because we'll be doing more and more live stuff, is to actually, you know, when we go to New York for an event or when we go to... LA for an event or Boston or Montreal we bring our equipment with us and we do it live with the group mm -hmm. so if you're having an event and you want us to come yes. <laughs> set it up let us know that's one of the reasons is that we're doing these tests here in Toronto with this equipment and we obviously can't do that with the super meet because there's a lot of logistics in getting yeah, permission and it's also important that we kind of iron out all the kinks yeah. in the hometown which Hence if the if first one being single camera yeah if you haven't caught on by Gord's app accent and you haven't been listening for very long we're in toronto i still That's don't get why i don't hear the you're accent. a super canadian i think people are, are probably saying they both are super canadians but you in particular i think i can even hear it sometimes I and i'm don't. canadian like it's ridiculous <laughs> you're like a cartoon but um yeah i think we both have canadian accents gordon no, i think it's beautiful i feel that our area is neutral no in the accent world no no no. Really? Really. And folks, if you love the accent, find it hilarious, send in a couple of different words that you'd like to hear Gord <laughs> say a couple times, and we can make them your ringtones or something. <laughs> um, Pick up the phone, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think someone's about to call you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so did you want to talk about the Kuleshov camp? Or? Yeah, yeah, let's talk okay. about the Kuleshov camp. So. We got an email earlier this week, and I wish we had known earlier because we would have announced it. Well in advance. And well in advance. Love. And I love the idea, and I actually did something like this with my students a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize the inspiration probably came from Camp Kuleshov. Ah. How did you not realize that if you set it up? Well, because, let me explain. Okay. We've all seen the trailer to The Shining. Yes. In which it's a family comedy. Right, yeah, those, um, what is that called? The the Shining. <laughs> no, the, there's that group Mashup. that does, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the Shining one was done at Camp Coolshop. Oh, cool. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that would make for a great project for students to, right. you know, take your favorite film and completely change the genre, the genre and make a trailer. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's so cool. And it's a contest for you, whoever can do the best one. Uh-huh. Now, it's put on by the AICE, who is an association similar to the American Cinema Editors, similar to the Canadian Cinema Editors, 
and our friends in the Netherlands who just started their oh that's right yeah their cinema editing group yep and of course Australia but their focus is commercials mm-hmm. and the art of commercials and so they've put on they've teamed up with a couple of young assistants mm-hmm. and it's this contest that you cut together a 90 second commercial for your favorite film changing the genre that's cool and it's any film it's not they provide you with certain trailers you just you know what? you source they, it yourself i'm not too sure because i went to their website just before this and they had a list of movies and genres hmm. okay so, I'm not so too maybe sure. check in with them if you are wanting to get involved because yeah well i'm going to have a link on the site okay it's too late to submit a film okay however this coming wednesday mm-hmm. they're having a event where you they're going to screen all the uh cool winners. that'll be fun so if you're in new york october 12th there's a bar called m1-5 and the m15 at the m15 doors open at 6 30 p.m mm-hmm. i wish we were in new york yes well i often wish we were in new york <laughs> for other reasons because i think that's a, that would be a that blast. sounds really fun and chris who sent this to me i've told him to keep me abreast of the winners yes so we can announce it on our podcast and, and if any of them are interested maybe we could post them on the new youtube channel what? yeah well they have their own youtube channel so maybe or oh, they have their own yeah we'll we'll friend them yeah and, we'll, and maybe we'll post their youtube channel so you can check them out too because that's really cool and not everybody's in new york and that's okay that's all right and the just um gord's giving me some information and so i'll just um add the deadline for the entries was Wednesday, October 5th at 5 p.m. So next year, maybe put something in your calendar for early September to remind yourself to yeah. start looking into this. Now, he emailed me, I believe it was Wednesday or maybe it was Tuesday, but it yeah. was because he had just heard us right. that mention. So yep. again, Chris, I'm really sorry. I wish we'd known earlier because we would have really pushed this for you. But it's it sounds like they probably don't need it. It sounds like a pretty awesome show. Yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll get to enjoy the results of it. Yeah, and, and I'm going to put a link up. Trailers. If you look to the right side of Art of the Guillotine, you'll see a little logo for it. And you can just click on that and follow your way to it and check it out. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, we have to get to Forward Film Review, Lauren. Okay, let's do this. So, Glenn. Glenn. My main man, Glenn. One the forward film review and he do you want to say what it was i don't remember <laughs> i'll be honest big lebowski the big lebowski that's right yeah and now glenn's won a shirt before right not from this i believe i believe it was from something else that we because we give away a lot of shirts right so maybe it was at a, an event or something and so we might be sending him a mug or something cool maybe a mouse pad everybody needs a mouse pad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh cool so he's gonna peruse the website maybe and find something yeah i think or i might make something special for him Ooh, maybe i could craft him something yeah That'd well i was thinking something funny on the mug i don't know oh, interesting okay but if you wish that you already had a shirt and would get something special on a mug then you can always go to the cafe press site or which is you could guess the forward film review oh you could guess the forward film review obviously or yeah you could sign up to our email list oh are you giving them away sporadically through there uh well we do we're in, i've been a little bad with my email list uh, etiquette i've been sending them out once a month now we're up to two twice a month once yeah. every other week so if you join it we give away a shirt and a dvd 
when like each bi-weekly we randomly choose one person one person from our email list and what dvd like what well initially we started out with the cutting edge yes and then uh one one person won the cutting edge yep but they had already seen it and had a copy so they asked if they could get edge codes okay which cool. is a similar idea about documenting the history then what i yes. realized because i was like okay well you guys get your choice it turns out there's this big sort of like one group who loves the cutting edge yes. there's another group that loves edge codes oh and they gosh, hate totally the other one avid and final cut pro <laughs> but it's the weirdest thing because i've seen both i do have a little insight into edge codes because i've met the editor and i've talked to him about it right and i do know that it was mostly cut in after effects okay which oh. may give you a bit of insight well, into how it looks spiraling out into like crazy town um but uh, they Champ both are championing editing. Yeah. And that's what's important. Well, and, you know, I think it's great that that first person wanted to see the second one because there's no, uh, yeah. like, I think everyone should see both. Yeah. That sounds interesting. See both before you decide what team you're on. Yeah. Okay? So that leads to this week's Forward Film Review. Oh, wait. So, Glenn, congratulations. Yes. Look forward to your alternative prize. That we have to figure out what it's going to be yet. Anyway, so this week's Forward Film Review is a new one because Glenn won. So, here it is. Good pill hunting. Oh, Really? You said silly. it differently. Well, I, I wanted to accentuate that it was pills and not wills. Oh, okay. So, good pill hunting. You can contact us at info at artoftheguillotine.com, at artguillotine on uh, Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, backslash artguillotine. And those are all of the avenues. Can people like us on Facebook? Or yeah, we, yeah, yeah so we'll like, us like us on Facebook too because I like being liked. Yeah, so contact us and let us know what you think Good Pill Hunting is the forward film review for. Yeah, and you can join our email list by going to the main page and you'll notice those little socialize with us icons. Yeah. The one that has an envelope on it. There you go. So AOTG.com. Yeah. But let's talk about Movember. Yes, Movember's coming. And if you remember, we're going to be putting up that section in the next week or two so that people can start voting on what kind of mustaches we grow. Awesome. The only person who can't take part in it is Tej. Tej, Tej. Um, so if you want to shame him, it's at Tej Bavra. Please <laughs> on do. On Twitter. Uh, but he, his son, he had a son last year. Yay. And Alexander. his son turns one. And it's in the month of November. And his wife will not allow him to have a very awkward looking mustache in his baby's first year photo. I have to say, I do kind of understand, but at the same time, I am totally going out for my first year anniversary with a man yeah, with a mustache. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we also have all of our wedding photos have tons of Movembers in it. Um, not Gord, but other friends of ours. Yeah. So uh, embrace the Movember. Yeah, and I think um, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. We have to figure out the styles. I'm, I'm thinking the, the Tom Selleck. Great. That's uh, super. I think uh, once you go, like, if it works, you've got a very... Oh, my God, you can't stick with us. <laughs> I will pay you double to take it off at the end. And of the day. if we hit, what was it, $300? Yeah, I think that's what you said. $300. Then we'll show my full face as opposed to just my stash. Yeah, because that's just ridiculous that he wouldn't show you his full face. And remember, it goes to a good cause. It's, you know, cancer sucks. <laughs> yeah, we've all been affected by it. Yep. So, yeah. So if 
if you're interested, how are you going to set up uh, donations? You can do it through the Movember site. So basically, we're going to create a our team section or where you, yeah, we have a team. Okay. And when you come to Art of the Guillotine, we'll have a little link and you can go through and see the types of mustaches. And what we're going to do is you can just tell us on our site what type of mustache. But if you want to donate, you go to Movember's main web page because mm -hmm. we don't want to uh, have to set up a PayPal account to pass it on or anything like that. No. We'll just go right through. Yeah, it's going right to the cause, so yeah. there's no question about it. But, but yeah, if you want to see Gord's face finally every day. Yes. yes, and at the end of the month, we're going to take one every day, a photo every day, and at the end of the month, we're going to put together a uh, mustache growing stop motion. All right, so. Sounds good. I'd like to thank Jeff Bars for allowing me to interview him. I'd like to thank the Manhattan Edit Workshop, the American Cinema Editors, and of course my producer, Lauren Woodcock. Raquel. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.